and welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. There are certain themes that run through a year of production here on An Organic Conversation. Certainly food and food production, the environment and ecology. The study of relationships between all that makes life. One of those reoccurring themes is our human experience in this lifetime. Our relationships to our food, to soil, to our fathers. We had a couple of wonderful guests who work on healing the relationship between fathers and sons or who address trauma by offering shelter animals as best friends. Even we had a show on listening and building on all that today, we're speaking today about the healing power of touch. From surface to heart, the healing power of touch, our topic in this episode with a lovely guest who has dedicated her life onto exploring how powerful and necessary the human touch actually is in all of our lives. We host Helge Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. Well, from touching to touch down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, we have. I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. Oh, interesting segue. Well, we came across a really interesting story on Grist recently about a college that turned its football field into Touchdown. an organic garden. <clears throat> it's so interesting. It was. It's a very small college. There are there are just a few hundred people, and they decided that that 1.3 acres that they had as their football field would be better used as an organic garden because they're in an area of Dallas, Texas, that is a federally recognized food desert, and they give the students college credit in biology and social mm. entrepreneurship <laughs> by working on the organic farm, and they actually pay students too. Yeah. So. It's such an interesting new concept to me. It was really quite stunning that they took this upon themselves. I mean, <laughs> so must this, be music to your ear, Mark. Well, this is you know this is what gets me out of bed yeah. in the morning. If this was a baseball field, totally well, we different would have to story. Have, it would be a completely is, different conversation. It's football um, <laughs> is <laughs> is. Is this is what gets me out of bed in the morning? Is what is possible and looking past what you see every day. You know, we look at a chair. You look at someone's how they're dressed. You look at this is a house. This is this is a bicycle. This is whatever, and there it is. And so we take the world mm -hmm. as it's presented to us. Sure. And yet, every day I get to hear about where people are looking at the world differently. Like remember with those students with the. Uh, the windmills, who said, okay, there's windmills out there, but if we cluster all these windmills together, oh, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll have the <laughs> same movement of, as fish in the water, and they'll actually more produce energy. more energy. <laughs> so for me, it's kind of like, wow, someone's, someone's looking at something that is just the norm mm -hmm. and saying, what can be? And, these, and they're in a food desert. So that yeah. means people are getting fed from something that probably is pretty sacred. Te football in Texas is a sacred you know, activity, yeah. activity, <laughs> you know, and so that is just a, a, a remarkable um, clarification of just of just how amazing What's we can important. be when we look beyond what is in front of us. Yep. And that said, of course, I have a <laughs> slightly yep. different and yet. <laughs> and yet or and, you know, that, you know, when I when I see that schools can no longer afford or do physical exercise uh, programs, right, no longer offer really physical exercise in organized sports. I've been playing sports my entire life, um, 
childhood, school, and adult life, soccer in this case, but I know of the importance to um, character building and, and uh, you know, athleticism, and we also face obesity in this country. So of all places to close an area that would otherwise be used for physical exercise, mm -hmm. in this case for football, whether you're a football fan or a baseball fan or whatever you, you prefer, <clears throat> I, I just wonder if there's, you know, the other field across the fence that has not been used forever or... Uh, you know, I, I really just hope in this decision, which I completely applaud, I think it's amazing, um, and uh, I hope everyone was on board because even if it's a small college, sounds like it's a very small college, like I 250 think there are about students, or students. yeah. So to get a full roster together, a full football team, and but it's more than that, right? It's the football team, it's the cheerleaders, it's the the grass. Go that broccoli, was, go broccoli, <laughs> go broccoli. <laughs> B-R-O-C-C-O-L-Y. Um, yeah, true. No, but it's, there's more to it. <laughs> you two are terrible cheerleaders. I really mean that. There's, um, well, you have done that professionally. But uh, there's the cheerleaders. There's the field use after the official training is over. Uh, sure. I'm sure there's been soccer and whatever else sure. been played. So whenever we whenever we convert grass areas or sports mm -hmm. arenas into something else it's like my little alarm goes off and yet of course having now an acre farm in a food desert you were saying this area is designated as a food desert which means i don't know exactly how dallas con um, defines that but <clears throat> or, or the state of texas but it means that within a square mile there's nothing grown or within a certain square mile radius there's no fresh produce being produced or offered that or you can, even, that you can even buy. Yeah. Exactly. 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 According to the article on Grist where yes. we saw this news item, they don't have restaurants or grocery stores with, within a certain a certain amount of area right, right. which is why you stumbled they took upon it upon or fumbled upon it on grist mm, I, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I just want to add one last thing is you know you talk about the physical exercise and i think that's absolutely essential it, not only for your physical being but for your mental yeah. uh being but have you ever uh, d double dug a garden bed? Oh, for sure. Have yeah. you ever have I you hopped around sure. uh, you know soil in a wheelbarrow or yes. fifty pounds of potatoes? Or I mean, I'm not saying it's the same as working on a football field. But if these students are working that sure. garden, yes, and, it, and an acre and a third of garden is a, yeah. is a big garden. And you, you're absolutely right, Mark. You can create that team spirit even working an acre of land, you know, and, and having hugely, your own harvest, and it's beautiful. They're absolutely. hugely valuable life skills. I mean, I think back frequently to things are. that, yeah, things that I wish I would have learned in high school. You know, if they were teaching you how to grow your own food, cook your own food, not just you know cook. We had to cook cupcakes from a box in in home ec, but nobody taught me. How how to saute onions, you know, things that we we should know by the time we're adults, how to balance our checkbook, how to plant and, and sustain a garden. I think it's an incredible opportunity for those students. And I would love to see more schools, maybe not necessarily converting the football, the football field, field yeah. but having 1.3 acres to have an organic garden. Yes. And from touching the soil to touching the other being, um, we are right back to the topic. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we are looking in this hour at the healing power of touch from surface to heart. Um, but before we dive into that topic fully, as always, here's our weekly tip from the world of health and beauty. Here's Chef Sita and her holistic bite. 
Thank you, Helga. Well, we have a tradition when we do our pre-production and we're getting ready, we, we oftentimes do it over breakfast. And there's one place that we go called the Community Cafe in Sonoma County, or actually in Sonoma proper, Sonoma proper. And they make the best home fries. Their home fries are so good, so good, crazy. Every time I get them, I'm always like, you guys have got to try these. And the secret to really, really good fries is hot oil. There is a science to fried food. And so it's that time of year, right? Super Bowl is around the corner. We're having a lot of football parties. We're craving fried food to go along with all of our vegetable produce accoutrement. So I wanted to give some tips on how to get the perfect fried item. And I'm not saying that we should eat a lot of fried, but a little bit of fried is okay. And if you're going to do it, you want to do it right. So first thing first, you have to have really hot oil. Anywhere between about 350 to 380 degrees, depending on what you're frying, depending on what oil you're using. But if your oil is not hot enough, when your food reaches it, it's actually going to absorb more oil than get cooked on the outside. So the temperature is very important. It's also important to not crowd the pot, whatever you're using to fry. You need to space it because if you crowd it too much, it brings the temperature down. There isn't enough room for the food to rotate and move around. And it will also absorb more oil than just get it nice and crispy on the outside, which is less healthy. So make sure that you do it in small batches, space it, take the temperature between your batches so that you keep the temperature really hot. Also use tongs or a slotted spoon to remove the fried food out of the oil and transfer it to a towel lined plate and that will help to absorb the excess oil and keep it crispy. Another thing I like to recommend is that, you know, the kind of oils you use are really important because at least in the holistic world, we want to get as many unrefined oils as possible into our diet, but unrefined oils have a very low smoke point. And if you smoke an oil above its smoke point, which is its temperature, it's the highest heat it can take before it gets a molecular change. If you take an unrefined oil and you heat it too high, you can make it carcinogenic. You can oxidize it and then it has negative health effects. So the kinds of oils you'd want to use for any kind of fried food are things like safflower oil, almond oil, avocado oil, organic canola oil, um, even a refined organic coconut or sesame make really great frying oils, but extra virgin olive oil is too low a smoke point. And make sure you do it safely because fried <clears throat> food, really hot oil, dangerous on the skin, dangerous if something goes wrong. So have a fire extinguisher just in case. Make sure that you dress appropriately. Don't have long clothes, things that, things that could catch fire, things that could catch oil. You want to make sure your clothing is not too loose. And you want to make sure that before you put your food in the oil, if, it, if it's a water-based item, pat it dry. If it's a batter-dipped item, don't have excess batter because these liquids, when they hit the oil, will cause the oil to spatter, and that's how you can get injured. So I always make sure well-dried, well-drained, wear an oven mitt and use tongs or a slotted spoon to remove your food. And serve it with some citrus because lemon, lemon in particular, helps to metabolize fat. So that's how you can enjoy your fried food this football season, and I hope you enjoyed this holistic bite. <laughs> Thank you, Sita. Chef Sita, wow, at the, the simplest <laughs> topics, or seemingly, obviously, seemingly simplest topics of how to fry something right, it becomes <laughs> a four-minute scientific, amazing. I know, Mark, you 
you took a lot of notes. It's not thongs, it's tongs. Oh, oh. Yeah, so don't yeah, try that. I like to fry in don't my try thong. that. No, yeah. I know. Please don't. That would be Danger. weird. Danger. And then crowded around the pot. I thought you would send your friends <laughs> out of the don't kitchen. Crowd the don't crowd the pot. <laughs> so that you didn't get that right either. But wow, that is so fascinating. And it's it's so true when you when you sometimes eat fried foods like french fries the variety of quality besides the quality of the potato but it it's so drastic right you can have completely soggy um fat ridden fries that don't really taste great and then you get to that restaurant that is like super hot oil Mm -hmm. that almost flash fry whatever they do right it's like really just to the burn point crispy small not soggy at all delicious it's a it's really the the span of how to mess it up when you when you do fry it's quite amazing and no one likes a limp fry right you know i mean that's really the deal and the, you nobody know, <laughs> and, you know and well really i mean that's the thing you get it and you go okay yeah, now yeah, i don't want to no, eat these that's right, right. yeah and, and the same thing like add? if you had fish and chips or something exactly and exactly. when you were talking about Every time I've had fish and chips in my life, it's served with a slice of lemon. Now, I always thought, okay, it's just to make it taste better, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, that's one of those, as Helga was saying, it's one of those neat little tips that's actually helping you metabolize that fat by having that lemon on there. That's great. Yeah. And we're talking more about surface, not just in frying. We're talking about from (laughs) surface to heart in this hour, the healing power of touch. Um, is our topic in this episode with a lovely guest who has dedicated her life to exploring how powerful and necessary the human touch actually is in all of our lives. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit earlsorganic.com. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helbert. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Citarani Palomar. Our topic in this episode is From Surface to Heart, The Healing Power of Touch. And with us now, calling in from Miami, Florida, is Tiffany Field, the director of the Touch Research Institute at the University of Miami. Um, Tiffany, are you with us? Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you so Welcome much show, for joining us. Thanks for making time. Wonderful to have you. So, you. T- so Tiffany, yes, I was in particular, uh, particularly excited about having you on this show. Is you know, so many of us have a fear around being touched, or we don't allow touch in our lives. Can you tell us some of the benefits of being touched? And, and just let's just start with that. Okay, that's great. Um, yeah, there are a lot of benefits being touched, um, and I, I can sort of group them. Mostly we know 
um, the benefits from being massaged, but there are also benefits from just being hugged and, and having your hand held. Um, but I'll start with the massage um, because that's where most of the research is. And um, basically, we know that uh, depression, anxiety levels can be lowered by touch, um, by massage. Um, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, can be lowered by touch. And because of that, a lot of the other problems that we have can can be lessened. For example, if you lower your stress hormones, you have less pain. And that's it's irrelevant what kind of pain you're having. If you have um, migraine headaches, if you have low back pain, if you have arthritis, uh, if you have fibromyalgia, your pain is going to be lessened because your stress hormones are going to go down. Basically, when you're touched, uh, there are pressure receptors under your skin that are stimulated. And that sends a message to the brain that it should slow everything down. So your heart rate slows down, your blood pressure slows down, and your stress hormones slow down. And because of that, then a lot of other things can happen that are positive, like, for example, the immune cells can survive because stress hormones kill immune cells. So if you can lower your stress hormones, you can save your immune cells. And so, for example, um, natural killer cells, which are the front line of the immune system, uh, they ward off uh, cancer cells and viral cells and bacterial cells. So if you can lower your stress hormones, you can increase your natural killer cells and therefore have fewer of these bacterial, viral, and cancer cells. So everything benefits from it. So, um, Tiffany, you, you're, you're bringing up a really interesting point, which is it seems like science nowadays is catching up on, on everything that for seemingly hundreds, if not thousands of years, we have already known. It's part of the human experience. We, we now have scientific studies that show a direct benefit on, on the activity of singing. We have scientific studies that show the benefits on mental and physical um, on, the ben on the activity of dancing. Um, uh -huh. When we researched for this topic, you are one of the authorities in this field, and it seems that University of Miami Touch Research Institute, do you feel there's enough attention from the scientific body yet or now slowly beginning um, to, to give this an, the, the weight it deserves? Where's, right. Where's science at? Yes, no, I, I would say that you, you uh, make a very good point, which is that we're very slow to come to this. And uh, a lot of it, I think, is a result of, first of all, our being a very um, litigious society where we don't want anyone touching us. Um, there's a lot of litigation against people who touch each other. Um, yeah. There are... Uh, you know, people try to trace that to our puritanical nature, and they say that's why we in Great Britain are in the same boat, basically, whereas other societies like the Mediterranean nations are not. Um, but we uh, we also attribute things like child abuse and sexual abuse to to bad touch, and even though we basically have mandates. We, we, we are not allowed, teachers are not allowed to touch children in schools. 
And that comes from the child abuse rates. But the child abuse rates haven't gone down yeah. um, <clears throat> since they've mandated no touch in the, in the school system. Um, and the crazy people are still out there. So um, yeah, it's we a have a lot of problems. With it's it. A, it is a true dilemma because, of course, we, we need to and want to and have to protect our children and our adults in this society um, for people who who um, misuse that connection and yet um, at the same time it's life-saving and you were saying you know from preventing prematurity enhancing growth and development of infants reducing depression additional uh, attention disorders pain syndromes uh, you were touching briefly on the mental and the physical effects and yet we know that the blood-brain barrier at this point scientifically proven doesn't exist whatever we do mentally has an effect on our body whatever we do um, to our body or with our body has a direct effect on our brain chemistry and even to fight off cancer cells. Um, so it is it is such an important topic to bring back into the fold um, from surface to heart, the healing power of touch in this episode of An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And we are speaking with Tiffany Field, the director of the Touch Research Institute, University of Miami, who is joining us today from Miami, Florida. Tiffany, you really are the perfect guest to talk about this, and I'm already so engrossed in this this research that you're talking about. I know particularly you do a lot of research for the health of children and touch. And, mm -hmm. and Helga, you have personal experience with this because 15 plus years ago when you were in Germany and you were working in the hospitals, in the, the ward where the prematurely born babies were, you had to keep constant touch on their hearts. Yes. In Germany, when I was um, 19, you had to choose between army mandatorily or social services. So I chose social services and I ended up in a children's hospital for two years. Um, and it was an amazing wow. experience. So we were in an infant room um, with, uh, you know, premature birth children, 32, 34, 36 weeks old, not much more than a pound. And the single most important thing was for us to keep two fingers on their chest at all time. Whatever we did medically would not be supported enough if that touch was not there. And so we had these four-hour shifts where you, you know, were reading a magazine or you were really focusing on touching that, that infant. But really the point was to keep your warm hand or a couple fingers on the body of the child and it could not be disconnected. We would see instant reactions from the child to be disconnected from that touch. So um, critically important what you're saying actually while possibly a, a, th a threat to some people if it's done inappropriately, also life-saving at the same time. Can you comment yes, on that? Well, yeah, well, you, you bring up a very important point about the, the premature babies, which is that there is a long history of, um, of folks in the, in, mostly from neonatology saying you shouldn't touch these babies because it will... Um, basically dysregulate them. They'll, you know, their blood pressure and, and heart rate and everything will go up. But it's a problem because they've equated positive touch with negative touch. A lot of um, aversive things happen to these babies because they're in medical jeopardy. And so you have life-saving things like injecting them and, and oh, um, yeah. you know, keeping them sure. alive. But that touch is felt is painful for the babies and they have somehow 
grouped the negative touch with the positive touch, and um, that's unfortunate. But many hospitals now, they're beginning to appreciate that uh, people need to hold these babies and stroke them and, like you described, put hands on to help them um, get get through their medical jeopardy and to, to grow and to develop. Yes, we want to talk with you, Tiffany, about how to bring more physical connection into our lives, whether that is human-human uh, or animal-human. Um, uh, we're speaking with Tiffany Field, the director of the Touch Research Institute from the University of Miami, who's joining us today in this hour from Surface to Heart, The Healing Power of Touch. Please stay with us. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back with you with more. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. NextSpace brings together a professional, collaborative workspace with a warm, supportive community. It's a place where you can do your very best work. And now, NextSpace is introducing NextKids, a workspace that also provides great on-site child play care. Hi, I'm Diana Rothschild, founder and chief mom of NextKids. We believe that you can be a better parent and produce better work when you seamlessly integrate work and life. We're better together. Join this conversation at nextkids.us. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. And I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Bouquet. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. We're speaking with Tiffany Field, the director of the Touch Research Institute from the University of Miami, who's joining us today from Miami, Florida, in this hour of An Organic Conversation, From Surface to Heart, The Healing Power of Touch. So, Tiffany, you you when we started the interview, you touched on some of the things of the positive aspects of massage and, and what they've found to this point. Can you talk about what are some of the challenges involved when you don't have safe physical touch in your life? Well, the, the biggest challenge is to the immune system because we know, although we think of being touched as a psychologically important thing, it is very, very important for physiology, biochemistry, and, and all of um, our, our health-related um, problem. So, you know, people who don't get touched enough uh, have all kinds of problems. They're, they're depressed, their immune function is compromised. Um, young children who don't get enough touch, they fail to thrive. Uh, a lot of them, for example, uh, the most extreme examples come from orphanages, for example, in Romania. Um, those children, they they fail to thrive, and they um, ultimately they they'll even die from lack of touch. So, uh, in the extreme absence of touch, um, the human being is really compromised. Um, most people do not die from not getting touch, but they end up being depressed and, and sick and, you know, just basically not emotionally or physically sure. healthy. I have a, um, I have a, a tangential question on this topic because we had, a couple of years ago we had an interesting um, discussion with a, a rehabilitation center 
um, called the Gentle Barn, which where they they had farm animals who had been rescued, and they had a program where they brought in children who either were abused or adults too. Yeah. Adults uh-huh. too, yeah, really, and and they got mm-hmm. to work with the animals and develop a connection with the animals and touch the animals and hug the animals. And I know particularly Kaiser Permanente right now has got a big campaign too about the benefits of hugging and having a really long hug and how I think mm-hmm. doesn't it increase your oxytocin um how how what it first of all is it true does it increase your oxytocin when you're hugging how long do you need to hug and can that can a similar benefit be derived from having a physical connection and a hug and a, and petting of an animal right right well um there's a lot of research showing that if you have an animal you are going to be healthier and you know for elderly people you're going to live longer um, it's not clear exactly what those effects are, except that we know, for example, if you massage someone, you're going to benefit as much as you're being massaged. So think about a pet. If you have a dog, for example, most people massage wow. their dogs or their cats or whatever. Um, it's just the art of rubbing. You know, you just you just rub because the cats and the dogs love it. And in the process of doing so, you're stimulating your own pressure receptors. It's a very physiological thing. It, it can be psychological as well, but the important message is that it's physiological. It, 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 you know, as soon as your hands go on something and you're rubbing, you're going to feel your pressure receptors are being stimulated and you'll have all of these um, sort of um, cascade of events that happen um, biochemically and physiologically. That, so yeah. I understand those data. And I think hugging, when you think about hugging, a good hug is a hug that's firm. as a hug that's stimulating pressure receptors. And a good handshake is something that's stimulating pressure receptors. Otherwise, it's a limp handshake and it doesn't have much effect on you. That's so amazing. Massaging is as beneficial as being massaged. Wow. Um, yes, and it makes definitely. perfect sense when you talk about pressure receptors. And it's also the, the exchange of nourishment. I'm sure, you know, research will find that it goes much beyond the physical of being that close to somebody, um, you know, even taking on somebody's or, or giving, physically exchanging that energy of um, what you call pressure and pressure receptors. Uh, beautiful. That's an amazing statement that is really as beneficial as being massaged. Speaking of massages, um, where does one start? If if a person listens to this episode and doesn't have a regular regimen of some kind of body work in their lives, um, how do you work with people? What what do you recommend? Where to maybe well, look we, for? Well, we say to people that um, you know within with have your significant other massage you. Learn how to do it to each other. Um, learn how to do it with your kids. And when your kids get older, have them do it to you, you know. So you can exchange lots of massages that way. But there are a lot of other things you can do. When you think about it, if you just carry a ball, a tennis ball around with you and rub your limbs with it, you're going to be stimulating pressure receptors. Take a yoga class. Yoga is is very much like a self-massage. You're rubbing your limbs against the, the floor, the ground, and against each other. Um, you can brush yourself in the shower. There are a lot of ways that you can provide that stimulation for yourself 
and it, ways you can do it within your interactions with the significant people in your life. Yeah, that's and fascinating. You you're, you're saying even if you massage yourself, um, you know, your your real your muscles after a run. Um, I used to do that. Uh, I I thought it was effective, but not, of course, quite as effective as getting a massage. But you're saying from a scientific point of view, as long as you do it, it doesn't matter uh, really, even if you massage yourself or brush yourself, uh, that yes, already well, has a it. measurable... When you're running, you're stimulating pressure receptors in your feet uh -huh. and in your legs, uh, et cetera. I mean, it, it might not feel sure, psychologically sure. as good as having someone massaging you, but... Um, you are actively giving yourself a massage by, by doing that. And that's probably why a lot of the effects of exercise are very similar to the effects of massage. Uh -huh. Wow. Fascinating. And so then there's, great. of course, lots of different forms. Uh, Mark, you're looking at Watsu. There's, that's a water massage um, where you're yes. being guided uh -huh. through warm water. Uh, you mentioned yoga. Um, there's there's different forms of uh, deep tissue massage or more the gentle massage, mm -hmm. the Swedish. Any, anything that has moderate pressure, anything that stimulates those pressure receptors is, is going to work. What about acupuncture? Have you guys done much study about that at the Touch Research Institute? We, we haven't studied that as much as massage, but um, we think there are very similar phenomena um, that, you, you know, there's a lot of data showing that if you insert the needle a little deeper than surface, you're going to get better effects. And we think that's also because those the needles are getting to the pressure receptors. What, what um, I hear, um, Tiffany, what, what I hear between the, all the lines that you're saying that are quite stunning, actually. Um, I, I think that's amazing research, what is being done, and so important to bring into the conversation about body and, you know, the as we said in the beginning, the improper use of body and touch um, to, to balance that with the critical importance of touch in our lives. But what I'm hearing really then is, is um, it's about fully occupying your body. That's really mm -hmm. what it comes down to. Is that, am I getting that right? Yes, exactly. And, and, and think about how easy it is to lie on the floor and, and just roll over, giving yourself a back rub or rolling up, you know, into a seated position, giving yourself a back rub. All, all of that can, can help. Huh. Um, but, but, but certainly, psychologically, it's, it's better to have, you know, someone in your life who is um, yeah. who's giving you... Um, you know, that same kind of stimulation. So Even, I, even I just, if it's a hand massage or, you know, if you don't want to start with a foot massage, which is one of my favorites, but... Yeah, well, and, and actually, there are all the trigger points in your body, right? Your entire body runs through the soles of your feet. So um, yeah, somebody who's exactly. trained in that, it's amazing. They can address your neck tension by massaging your feet right. And so exactly. it's amazing what but comes together. But you know, together. everybody, even from birth, because we do a lot of newborn and, and preemie massage, even from birth, everyone has their preference. Some babies sure. love having their heads massaged. Mm -hmm. Some prefer their feet. Some prefer their hands, you know. Yes. And it's amazing that we have that preference from birth. So whatever works for you, yeah. you know, it's going to be good. May, May 2014 be the year where we rediscover 
um, the healing power of touch in our personal lives. From surface to heart, the healing power of touch, our topic in this episode of An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helbert. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Citarani Palomar. And we're thanking Tiffany Field. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tiffany. Um, pleasure Thank to have you. Thank you so much. It's very interesting. <laughs> Wonderful. Really enlightening. Yes. We appreciate it. And we'll Grateful definitely have for your people time. check out your website. Very touching. Thank you for okay. joining us. Thanks, Thanks Tiffany. Bye-bye. She's the director of the Touch Research Institute from the University of Miami, who joined us today from Miami, Florida, in this hour. Wow, amazing, beautiful, <laughs> much much more important than we even knew. Well, there's so much that came out of it for me that I, I, I just, <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about the healing center that I've talked about. I'm thinking about now. I'm thinking about my massage courses that I'm going to be doing this year. It's just I'm let's just, talk about that in, in, yeah. in a minute longer. Um, you're listening to an organic conversation, and we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. Life's a game, and so is work. And just like any game, sometimes your team is in a slump. Maybe it's a new team, maybe there's conflict, maybe you're under pressure to keep up with your own success. Whatever it is, it is time to get your game face on. The ultimate game of work combines game design with executive coaching to create high-engagement workplaces. Boost your team's creativity and performance by designing the game you want to play and win, together with the ultimate game of work. Enticed? Learn more at ultimategameofwork.com. Produce is ever-changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons, so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. The topic in this hour is from surface to heart, the healing power of touch. And we were just on the phone with Tiffany Field from Florida, Miami, to be exact. She's the director of the Touch Research Institute at the University of Miami for a fascinating conversation about the importance of touch in our lives. I love that she recommended ways that you can help yourself in this process about, you know, rolling out your body and uh -huh. your muscles. I've been working with a physical therapist, and one thing that she's taught me to do is to um, roll on a lacrosse ball because it's really, really hard, mm. and it helps you to get into some of those places where you need to release yeah. tension in your body. Another tip that she gave me that I thought was really interesting was massaging yourself while you're in the bathtub sure. because being in water allows you... Because you're floating and you have this experience of weightlessness, you can actually get to pressure points more easily or your body responds differently. Mark, you've been looking at doing Watsu training, which is massage in the water. Which is, uh, is water-based massage and shiatsu. So it's about pressure points and then also being in 96-degree uh, water. So And, and that you guiding hold, somebody and, and that trusting you hold that. somebody yeah. um, at the level of your heart where they're at your heart level. And then they wear floaties. 
uh, so that they, so that you're not completely supporting them. Right. And then you get to manipulate their body in different ways. And so that's the training that I'm going to do this year. And it's just and when you started talking about babies, Helga, I was just thinking, well, warm water being held. Oh, I mean, it's fun. probably the closest so to the sweet. womb, <laughs> right? Yeah, or a totally. womb-like experience that you could probably have. Yeah. I think that's where Watsu, I'm not sure, but um, it might derive its origin to mimic that womb and being nurturing now as adults, reminded back to how wonderful that was, and, mm-hmm. you know, starting mm-hmm. healing there. But mm-hmm. fascinating. It all comes down to body, you know, whether it's, again, studies on singing or dancing or now the healing power of touch. We gotta occupy this body, whatever we do. What even if you just walk, she said. Even running stimulates your trigger point in sure. your feet, and sure. wow, it doesn't even matter what you do. You will find what you like best, right? Yes. Well, Mark, Lovely. while you gain more expertise in <laughs> massage in the yes. coming year, we'll do an episode on the various forms of massage. I think that would be really fascinating. But yeah. currently. Your expertise We're massaging is in the grapefruit. Or <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the time changing the topic, not quite, but yeah, a little bit. Back to the produce doc. Here's our very own Mark Mukihi with the update of what's going on in the world of produce. What's in season? And this year, and I'm really, <laughs> you know, I get excited about what's in season or produce we do. Or, or touching my, yes. or touching produce or eating produce <laughs> or anything like that. But today, it, it, it's the new year, and we get to have, as always, Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market from Earl's Organic. But we're t- we're, we're talking about something really special today. We're talking about an anniversary. It's Earl's. 25th anniversary was in 2013 for so the his, business for not his himself. business yeah not himself yeah um, you know it's his it's his 25th anniversary so Earl you've been in business for 25 years you've been in the organic industry longer than that and so why don't you tell us how it feels to be congratulations. 25 yeah congratulations first of all and second what are the changes that you've seen in the organic industry in the last 25 wow, years in yes. the produce wow industry? well happy new year everybody yes, yes happy too. new year to wow. congratulations you, Earl. that is such a crazy milestone yeah. knowing 25 years ago as you will now look from your vantage point this is every, everything in the organic movement kind of has happened massively over the last 25 years isn't that true and Earl and yeah, I can't well, take you know, credit for that. We just want to let no, you know. A little bit. You guys take some credit. <laughs> Earl, how, how was it 25 years ago? Well, <laughs> it was, it was uh, unique in terms of witnessing the growth of the industry from a pretty privileged perspective of San Francisco in the late 70s. And, uh, you know, perhaps the birthplace of, of organics, I'm sure many people would say, and um, being able to see the natural extension of the open culture that existed here and then having it being applied to agriculture by, you know, people, uh, original back-to-landers, people that were experimenting with all different sorts of things, and also questioning, you know, the the systems that were in existence uh, as we were doing, whether it was politically, any number of ways. So, you know, Mark, you you were going on back then too. We saw we saw it grow from this very small kind of provincial. Everybody knows everybody, and and you know the grower and the retailer and and all your all the people shopping to this huge uh, accepted, embraced, fully totally integrated <laughs> um, system of agriculture and retail, and it, it's it's pretty wonderful. What, um, what? 
I remember Earl when we used to shop the docks <laughs> together because Earl and I have been doing this at least 30 years. We used to shop the yep. docks together and actually compete for some of the same food um, uh, to, to bring back to our stores. And Earl, what are some of the things that you really, I mean, what are some of the norms now? I mean, you walk in a produce department, you can just about get anything organic now. Well, that wasn't the case yeah. when you and I were starting out. Oh. Well, you know, in, in, when I was starting out, uh, as a retailer in the, in the 80s, you'd have to pre-order all your product, um, sometimes uh, not only a couple days, and a week in advance. The, the production was, was so limited. There were really just a couple handfuls of people out here that were, that were that was growing it. And as you, know, you nurtured your little retail store, I mean, and people were able to experience you know, the integrity of the product, it, it, it spoke for itself. So from a little uh, small production, very hard to get. Uh, every year we would see it grow and new products come on. I think one of the things that stands out the biggest is the whole maturation and growth of the packaged uh, salads and romaine hearts and, and all the greens. You know, when you and I were going on back then, I mean, the, the owners of, um, the original owners of uh, Natural Selection, Earthbound, the husband and wife were, would come down to the market themselves and deliver, you know, a dozen boxes of, of salad mix. Well, and, and now, we, of course, it's multinational, and I, I think they've retired. So from those humble beginnings, uh, I mean, I would shop the market, and it was a joke uh, that I was an organic buyer. And uh, the joke was, if you had some if, uh, of a if a vendor had something that was a week old and was looking terrible, they say, hey, Earl, this is organic over here. <laughs> yeah, I remember, Earl, even, even um, I mean, we are talking 25 years, so there's a, a good, whatever, 12 years or so that I missed. But I remember um, natural food stores the size of a kitchen, and the news yeah. was, oh, apples came in. It yeah. wasn't, you know, heirloom varieties, which yeah. ones, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. was it the perfect ripeness? The, the item was, of the day, was apples. <laughs> and, and whether they had wormholes and whether, you know, the, they were still costing what they were costing and people were still buying it and still supporting it. Mm -hmm. And it was that early commitment to getting, to understanding that, really the, the well-being of our future would lie in that purchase to some degree and the, f the future of the movement, certainly. It was really those early purchases because if, if nobody had touched it back then, whatever it may have looked like and whenever it came in and however unpredictable it was in marginal quantities and all that, that was the beginning of the movement. Amazing of how far we've come, right? Absolutely, you know, it's really the the integrity of knowing as a retailer or as a grower that you were doing the right thing. That's right. And it was and it was grounded in that more than anything. I mean, more than can I sell it? How much money can I make? It was really rooted that I'm or doing the right thing. This is this is a high integral pursuit that I have of of growing without with something that you don't need. And being able to feel good about walking away from that, and I don't have to compromise any of my ideals in the pursuit of the passion that you have. Yeah, we're speaking with Earl Herrick from Earl's Organic Produce and his 25th business anniversary. Sita, you had a question. Well, Earl, I know you tell stories about when you used to walk the dock in these early years, and and people are making jokes and they're telling you things like, "Oh yeah, you're looking for organic potatoes. You can't grow potatoes organically." Right. I mean, right. they would tell yeah. you that there is a specific produce item that you cannot and will not ever get organically, and now the market is 
dozens and dozens of varieties of organic potatoes. I mean, what other items were you told, both of you, couldn't at the be beginning, done, uh, couldn't everything? be done organically? <laughs> Pretty oh, much everything. It's numerous. It's yeah, numerous. everything. <laughs> well, you know, I would, I, I, obviously I spent a lot of time in stores, and it was not uncommon for me to hear conversations as people were walking through and they would see an organic sign and go, organic? Oh, it's, that's, that's, just a, yeah. that's just an idea. That's just a sales technique. And um, I would, you know, bite my tongue to engage those folks. I mean, sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it was just a bigger education going on, and and some people were more inclined than others. Um, virtually, I, I, you know, you were talking about the, uh, that potato. I, I remember having a very specific conversation by this grower telling me you can't grow it organically. And I, I think I'd like to think to my credit, I didn't tell him how to tell them, you know, fight them on, the, on it. I just said, here's the phone number of a guy that's doing it. Yeah, so exactly. talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite, a, quite a wonderful thing. And I want to give some props to, you know, a, a Whole Foods, for example, that was a pioneer. That What they really demonstrated was the ability to be successful and to make money. And, and, and people took notice and that really was a large step, not unlike, uh, you know, the government with the USDA getting involved in organics. These were all, you know, small steps along the way, which I'm not saying I think there's always a, an upside and a downside, but they're all been, you know, relatively positive steps in this industry. Yeah, interesting. Like that, that perfect storm that kind of came together some maybe 15 years ago to really uh, make the beginnings of this movement uh, movement institutionalized, right? The now yep. now we have young farmers. The the largest growing area actually among young farmers is organic. The market yep. share is wonderful. You can find organic products um, in 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 your know, trains in Europe. I mean, it's on on every level of society. Organic is now still new for some areas, but. A fully respected or almost fully respected um, uh, segment of the market, right? There's there's no grocery store, however far removed they were ten years ago from organic, that doesn't have some organic items, being organic milk or some organic produce, or, yeah. or some you know rice, whatever it may be. I think you would be hard pressed to find a supermarket that has zero, really zero um, organic items, at least in the larger cities. I think that's at this point over. Well, Argue. airports, there's whole kiosks right. in airports yeah. that, that are carrying organic produce and organic food and yeah. things like that. Earl, <laughs> I, here's what I think. I think this is a much longer conversation and yeah. that we need to have a whole show on this. We will. I think it would be sure. fascinating. Let's do it. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> as always, Earl, first of all, I want to say thank you for your commitment for the last 25 years of Earl's Organic and even Yay. longer for, thank you. for yeah. being my <laughs> produce pal uh, for the last 30 years. And... Uh, we really appreciate you being on every week, and we're looking to 2014 this year of having you on and your again leadership. every week. Yeah, your leadership. It's and wonderful. thank you so much, and we look forward <laughs> to having you on again next week. Thanks, Earl. Uh, well, let me say, you know, Mark, um, I want to thank you for all the wonderful conversations and the partnership that we've enjoyed all, all these years, and to take that conversation yeah, and this conversation into the radio with uh, Helga and Sita and, and everybody beyond that, it's been an incredible pleasure and 
something I would never have thought would have uh, we would be doing. Thank you, Earl. It takes all of us really on every level, wholesale, growing, you know, retail, yep. restaurants, radio, media. Um, it takes everything, everyone, um, every single yeah. consumer. So thank you. Thanks, Earl. Yes. That's Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. That's earlsorganic.com, um, 25-year business anniversary. Amazing. <laughs> and we should do that. Let's do a whole show on the last 25 years mm -hmm. of this movement. I think that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yes, beautiful. The hour was packed and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, thank you for tuning in this week to an organic conversation. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Don't you want to dive on in? Yeah, the water feels right. Dancing on the edge of love, you're a beautiful sight So why are you still standing there in the half moonlight? Come on baby, give me a little more you Come on baby, give me a little more you Stop.